0: It's another episode of Pod 9 from Outer Space.
1: Cue the music! So, this week, we, we went to Japan, didn't we? Yes. In, in our minds.
0: The Japan of the mind.
1: Um, we watched a Geisha Assassin. By Go Ohara, which, it started off strong. Yes. And then it turned into, what if power Rangers without powers? Rangers. So the basic concept is, it's Edo Japan, so obviously everything's very pretty, because Edo Japan is very pretty. Yep. And there's a geisha who's also highly skilled in swords. Mm. Because the gay part of geisha means art, and martial arts also has art in it. Mm. And they felt the need to actually spell out their justification with an opening scroll.
0: Yeah, I think...
1: Scroll's the wrong word. But you know what I mean.
0: The opening crawl. Some words. Yes. Um... Now with that with that whole thing I think what would have gone down just as well while I appreciate the attempt is just the words we made a geisha be an assassin in this film because we thought it would be cool and it is
1: it would have been more accurate
0: yeah i mean that that's the reason most things happen in films
1: just like the other Geisha film we're going to get to at some point, Robo Geisha.
0: Oh Robo Geisha.
1: Which is such a good film, you guys.
0: It's so good.
1: But Geisha Assassin. So we do see her doing some geisha at the very start. Yeah, just a bit. So she, she is a Geisha. Mm-hmm. She's not an assassin. No. She's a person on a revenge mission. Um against the specific swordsman who killed her dad, but she keeps having to fight all these other guys that the swordsman is paying in order to prove that she's good enough to get revenge on him it's a it's a little bit seven seven evil exes
0: yeah it's it's a lot that's happening there um
1: and I, w- I, mean, I won't deny that she's not very good with the sword. She chops someone's hand off so well that they don't notice it's off straight away. And there's this bit in the first fight, which I think is my favorite bit of the film, where she like slides the katana up someone's sleeve and slices their sleeve open without cutting his arm. That's pretty good. Which is very cool.
0: Hmm.
1: Uh, like she's definitely a talented swordswoman, but she's not an assassin. She's a a revengeist.
0: Yes, a a revengeance, <laughs> short for Metal Gear Solid Revengeance.
1: I mean, there is a word for what she is, but Disney owns everything, and are very litigious, so I'm not going to say what she is.
0: Cartoon Mouse Yes Ah. Uh,
1: <laughs> not that we get more than like Six listeners but still
0: yeah. <laughs> They all work at Disney in the legal department
1: I have no way To prove that they don't
0: They're currently working out How to sue Stuart Little Not the um, You know not the book The actual mouse
1: There's only room for one cartoon mouse in this game.
0: Yeah. And they they see him as competition when they branched out into doing um, computer animated shorts. Speaking
1: of animation... Yeah. One of these guys that she fights... Mm. Has a magic floating head... Actually I think there's a group of the magic floating head guys. Yeah. They have like this very badger like look mm. and can just sort of distract her by having their heads float around her while they sword fight her. So I'm not entirely sure what was going on there. It was it was a hijink and no mistake.
0: It was it was a hijink, but might even have been some mischief. What? Hmm. And a shenanigan.
1: What, what was the shenanigan?
0: He's the third guy.
1: Oh, okay, that's their names. Yeah. Those would be very good names for, like, 60s Batman henchmen.
0: They definitely would be. And addendum somebody needs to do a proper 60s style Batman movie. Lego Batman definitely came close. Yes. But, um, that's kind of its own thing. Yeah, I on the whole, I, I liked it because the fight choreography was legit good, and I did enjoy the wackiness of all of the all of the people she had, to, she had to fight, even if it was just so much like a video game, it hurt.
1: Oh yeah, but they all had their own things going on.
0: It's it's Ninja Cuphead, is what it was. It's a boss rush game.
1: I mean, wh- a couple of the guys did have very like. Mortal Kombat looks to them.
0: Yeah, it. You know, it re- really reminded me of so much. What? Just playing through um Metal Gear Sword Three.
1: Oh yes, they do do the Metal Gear thing as well, don't they? It's like, hello, this is my name and my shtick. I'm here to kill you.
0: Oh yeah. I'm.
1: Like so many evil Inigo's Montoya.
0: Yep. And that is how you pluralize. Well done for remembering. <laughs> um, yeah, in terms...
1: I'll have you know this is my native language.
0: I've yet to find mine. Okay. Um, yeah, in, in terms of bad guys, the, the floating head guys, they just really reminded me very strongly of Labyrinth. Yeah kind of wish that what they'd been voiced by like Kevin Clash and Danny Don- John Jules.
1: I did not know one of the Labyrinth things was Danny John Jules.
0: Yes. Yeah, played one of the fire gang.
1: He'll always be the cat from Red Dwarf to me.
0: That's fair. Um, so there's, there's a fun bit of trivia for you. One of those, one of those puppets grew up to be Hat.
1: But can we talk about Minami Tsuk- Suki?
0: Yeah, we can.
1: She she plays the the main woman, hmm. um, Kat- Katabi. Yes. Apologies for my Japanese pronunciation, um, but she was just genuinely very good. Like there's some surprisingly raw emotional moments, and she pulled them off.
0: Yeah, I think she's she's genuinely very good at working with quite a basic, barebone script.
1: Yeah, and I mean this was her first role.
0: Because hmm. this is this is basically, um, I mean, samurais and and westerns are a piece, and this is not an assassin film; it's a samurai film.
1: It really is. Cause um, as we said, she's not an assassin. There's no like political greater motivation. She's not doing it for money. She just wants to kill the guy that killed her dad. Yeah. Which is every other
0: samurai film. <laughs> yeah, it's I think one thing um one thing I I do like is when the broad brush strokes kind of way of doing things that these that Western's and Samurai films. Do. When that works, it really works. And there were moments it properly landed because you're just getting this wonderful succession of a very simple, pared down characters who are just, this is my thing, this is mm. what I like doing, I do it very well, now try and kill me. It's nice, it's, it's courteous, it's, it's very gentlemanly in a way.
1: But the, the final confrontation with the guy. Where she finds out the big, huge twists. Yes. I just... She just did it so well.
0: She did. That big, huge twist, which I can definitely... Which I definitely was able to um, to follow.
1: Would you like me to explain the ending of the film to you?
0: I'd like you to explain the ending to our listeners who may not have seen it.
1: You <laughs> I mean they haven't seen this 2008 classic?
0: They probably have not seen the two that this two thousand eight classic is
1: Okay. So through flashbacks, we learn that when she was quite small, yeah. her dad was a great swordsman and he had various students and he wanted to pass on his like his special sword and I think kind of the role of Sensei to yep. this particular student of his mm. who Just didn't want it. Decided that he wasn't ready. So they had a fight in which the student killed the dad. And that's basically the twist. Is that, like... He killed the dad, but in self-defense. But... Minami... She commits... Does, this you? you can genuinely believe that this is an earth shattering realization. Yeah. Even though it's bonkers.
0: Yeah, it seems just very needlessly aggro of a dad.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Imagine your boss calls you in and says he's giving you a promotion. You turn it down because you know, you just you don't think that you can handle that responsibility yet. And he decks you.
0: No protagonist's dad. It was your dream.
1: <laughs> that's it, though. That's, that's exactly what happens. And then all of these guys who were, like, the build-up test fights were the dad's other students who'd teamed up with this guy to test her.
0: Yep. Yeah, because that's what you do when you feel really bad about having... Accidentally killed somebody look up to in self defense.
1: Especially while considering she was probably like six or seven when that happened, based on like the look of her in the flashbacks, and then is yeah. is now like this has got to be 20 years later.
0: Yeah, about or that.
1: thereabouts.
0: That kid was so cute.
1: I loved her. She was also a very good actor. Um, Oran Miano. Yeah. She was, she was very good. Like for a child actor, mm. she was very good doing all the sword drills.
0: Yeah, that, that looked very fun. Just kind of hitting stuff with a big stick, which is every kid's dream. While day.
1: wearing an oversized kimono and saying, "But dad, I want to be a geisha."
0: I mean, that was my childhood. Was it yours?
1: I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> I mean, I I did I did karate as a kid.
0: Ah, a martial art, which is definitely like other arts because they both have <laughs> art in.
1: Therefore, I was a geisha according to this film.
0: Yep, and you're probably also great at watercolors.
1: No, I'm good at like combining colors together, but I can't I can't draw. No,
0: nope, they're all arts, so therefore, you're good at watercolors. Follow the film logic.
1: See, now I'm just thinking, like, if I got some pastel yarn, if I could, like, knit a watercolor.
0: Or, break into art galleries, steal the paintings, replace them with knitted versions. (laughs) If you were a
1: well-known enough artist already, you could probably get get the Turner Prize for that. Yeah.
0: Banksy's Nan
1: Banksy's n- Nancy. Yeah, Nanksy! <laughs> Excellent! Oh, there was also, there's the bit where she decides because she, she meets this guy, as I said, like 20 years later um, Beats up his cronies and he's disappeared into the darkness because there's just a wall of darkness for some reason that he goes goes through and two of his cronies come out of. Yeah. Which is an interesting choice. Um, <laughs> but yeah, then she basically, she goes off into the forest and tears her clothes and wraps things around herself. So she bas- basically ends up dressed like Katara from um, Avatar with, with less fur. <laughs> it's like I don't know it's it's pretty cool transformation it, it, it feels very Mulan cutting a hair off with the sword
0: yeah
1: just like destruction and transformation I, I liked that That's great. I feel like it probably gains it a camp point yeah but I like it
0: I mean each each of the uh, what are basically boss fights gain it a camp point
1: I'm trying to remember how many bus fights there were. There's the yeah. two guys at the start. Mm. There's the Mortal Kombat guy. Yeah. There's the guy that's covered in like little white balloons. Mm. There's the badger guys. Is that is it just the four? There was that woman. Oh, I think there was a couple of women.
0: Yes. Which was cool. I like that.
1: Yeah. So that's six.
0: Yeah. Were you including the kind of weird magician guy?
1: Yeah, that was the Mortal Kombat guy. Okay. Because he was bald with a staff. So I just thought of Mortal Kombat.
0: So, you know... I'm thinking I would like to play an a-, a game adaptation of this. Because I feel that's the level of story.
1: It feels like a, a Nintendo 64 game.
0: Yeah, yeah, something something like that or or as an arcade game it would be so good.
1: Yes, that Just, would be very good.
0: Yeah, it's it's a sixteen bit story. But
1: like a single player one where you play um sorry, I'm by their names, you play Katabi, mm. and you have to go through all the different fights and then you get the twist and presumably slap the machine and walk off before fighting the final guy. <laughs>
0: I do like the idea of playing through. Um, yeah, but just because the the story is very thin.
1: There, it's, there is no story.
0: Yeah, it's just it's a series of encounters.
1: Yeah, it's like I want to kill this guy, but I got to kill these guys first. That's the story.
0: Yeah. Visually, speaking, I think they did. Pretty well with what they had.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's very easy to be pretty when you're doing Edo Japan. Mm. Like but the clothes in the buildings are very pretty.
0: In in terms of yeah, what they were working with, this is 2008, um, using HD HD cameras, which you know, like you were, you yeah, having like mainstream digital photography was starting around think like 2002, and that was Attack of the Clones.
1: But this isn't a mainstream film. But, yeah, this,
0: this is, is this
1: is very indie.
0: This is some people with a kind of prosumer level digital camera, um, just trying to work things work things out.
1: But it was it was very kind of oversaturated? Some of the colours, wasn't it? Mm. But I think that. Again, that really f- it fits the Edo aesthetic to me.
0: Yeah, there were there were points where it felt too. They needed to work on the work on the cars a bit because there were some points when it did feel very much like watching, just watching something on TV. Just okay, that's that's a, that is a a feel with absolutely nothing done to it. That's just, you went round the corner to your local park and you're fighting some of your mates. Had that vibe. Mm. But again, you know, it's probably hard to, to colour grades when you're working with probably nothing budget. Yeah. Hello, I'm Mod, I'm Mod Paper from Probably Bad RPG Ideas, and we have a podcast. If you'd like to hear RPG advice on how to use assorted incredibly bad ideas as actual ideas in an actual game, then listen to the Probably Bad podcast, available on pretty much every podcaster. And remember to have a probably bad day. Hi, I'm
1: Hazel, and I make a podcast with Liz called Bread and Thread, which you might enjoy if you are a fan of food or clothes or other interesting parts of domestic history. We find out interesting facts about things like regional foods, ancient breeds of sheep, um, pretty much anything domestic history. So if you'd like to know why it's illegal to import a sheep into Iceland and what was presented by Queen Victoria to Harriet Tubman, then you might want to check out Bread and Thread. Find us at Bread and Thread on Twitter or find us everywhere podcasts exist.
0: We don't have access to information about the budget, but I do believe the the company is one, like the creator in general, is one. They jet, who they're people who generally do quite low budget action.
1: Yeah. Including the lead actress. She's gone on to quite a good career now. She's had regular roles in some in some T V stuff. Cool.
0: That's that's pretty good.
1: Like the like I said, this is her first thing and it's very much a start of career kind of thing. But I'm I'm glad it's worked out for her because she is very good.
0: Yeah, I I think I may have seen that she's been in um some might might be some Cameron Rider stuff which is pretty big. Um, Franchise-wise, so that's a good thing to get. Yeah, check that Hang on.
1: Yeah, that's right. And she's she's a um, she has a stunt career as well. Yeah. Which, like, if you've seen some of the fights in this,
0: yes, you can tell. Like, she does.
1: Like, she very clearly did her own stunts, and yes yeah. it shows.
0: There's a really cool move where I think she um, does that. Does that fancy thing of where you you kind of end up on top of somebody who's standing up and strangling them with your legs, and just
1: which is very hot.
0: Um, that was that was awesome, because I think that is that is just the go-to cool fight scene move that shows that.
1: Yeah, because it's pretty much that and, like, Matrix flips, and they didn't have any of those. No. Which I like, because, as weird as it sounds to say, I'm glad that they stuck with relative realism <laughs> and yeah. this. I think it would have got two Power ranges. Hmm. So where where did this land on the camp scale? It's it's already got 7 points.
0: I'm going to leave it about about 7 because yeah, those were pretty pretty daft villains. Yeah. Um but overall with the whole with the whole twist thing, I was expecting a lot a lot more mm. um to happen. So it was just a kind of it was just an action film that kind of fizzled out.
1: Yeah. So the last important thing is, what did we learn?
0: What did we learn? Okay. Um,
1: I think what we learned is, if someone turns down a promotion, don't fight them.
0: What if I want to fight them?
1: I think that's a hostile work environment.
0: I'll show you a hostile work environment.
1: But rather, you didn't
0: please I've got this whole training video and everything it's from, from Human Resources they've uh, highlighted a number of instances where you can basically um, yeah I'm just going to do a thing real quick where we watch the scenario, we pause it we maybe talk through what could have done better and you know we'll just improve the whole podcasting situation
1: And on that note, I think we'll going to end the episode. Um, if you enjoy whatever this is, um, you can support us at ko slash, um, pod9. Is it just pod9? is it pod nine? Just pod9. Um, Sorry about that editing you will have to do. Um, Or you can leave us a rating or a review. Do we know what we're going to be watching next week?
0: Not entirely sure as of yet. I was thinking of doing Black Sabbath, the film that gave the band its name.
1: Well, I like the band. So I guess we'll see how that turns out.
0: Yeah. Which, fun fact, despite their image, they were all really easily scared by horror movies. They were so, just so terrifying. Even Ozzy Osbourne. One. Yeah, they were all... They all basically wet themselves to go and see these movies and went, Um, should we
1: confront our fears by, um, you know, forming a metal band? That's surprisingly wholesome. Oh, listen, you know i play some guitar. My name's Tony Iommi. I'm from Birmingham. Let's cut it there. It's my Brummie accent. <laughs>